Hey, Nathan. Yo, yo. I, I just want to make it very clear that this episode today is actually sponsored. Ooh, we got a sponsor. This is a sponsored episode by Podcorn. Podcorn. P-O-D-C-O-R-N. Podcorn. Oh. Oh, what do they do? Podcorn is a marketplace for sponsors, for people who want to connect. They want to connect podcasters and podcast sponsorship opportunities, like host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and what we're doing right now, a pre-roll. Wait, wait, wait. So they are trying to like, they're kind of marketplace for advertisements for podcasts and they're like advertising on us. Like that's kind of meta, right? It kind of is, but it's really smart because a lot of podcasts are listened to by podcasters. That's true. So you're hitting a a very valuable market by advertising on a podcast. So we got paid Mm -hmm. to talk about podcorn. And uh, honestly, I think we kind of, I think we kind of got away with one, Nate. Ooh, hey, hey. Because I would have talked about them anyway because they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds actually very, very nice. And it's hard to find advertisements for podcasters, so this actually sounds like a great service. It's a rapidly growing industry. It's going to a lot of money. The predictions keep going up about how much money is going to be pumped into podcasting in 2020. But one thing is for certain, a lot more than is right now. And Mm. Podcorn is one of the main ways that you can get in on that. Get your piece of the pie. You're out there making content, Nate. We've been making content for over three years now. Yep. Every week, every single Monday for three years, we've produced an episode of this show. Yep. And we historically haven't been paid for that. Nope. But now we are. Now we've been getting paid for that because of a lot of opportunities. And one of them is Podcorn. With Podcorn, there's no middleman. So we, us podcasters of any size, we can browse through their list, choose the opportunity that's right for our platform, for our audience, for what we believe in, and we can set our own rates and we can collaborate with the brands directly. There's no exclusivity. There's no, uh, there's no need for any of these games that a lot of other sites play. You just go in, you put in the bid, here's what I want to get paid and here's what I'm going to do for you, Mr. Brand, Mrs. Brand. And uh, you guys work it, work out the deal, and it's awesome. That sounds very awesome. And getting paid, it, you know, it's not everything. You know, podcasters will often do things for free because mm-hmm. that's how we are. We do it for the craft, for the love. Mm-hmm. But you know, that little extra motivation is always a great thing. It is. It really is. And even if it just covers the cost of producing the content, like if you just like producing the content, I love producing the content then that's great. And we, I do this whether we're getting paid or not. I pay money to do this. Yep. If I can break even on that, that's a that's a win. If yep. I can start making money on it, that's an even bigger win. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion, podcorn, P-O-D-C-O-R-N.com slash podcasters. It'll also be a link in the description. Click the link in the show notes, sign up to podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Their mission is to give podcasters transparency creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. And you, fellow podcaster, should be monetizing. The opportunity is there. Take it. Link in the description. See you there. Hey, Pepin. Yo, yo. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about, um, oh, man, I, you ever feel like just like some, sometimes these openings don't work right? 
Uh, yeah, like all the time, like every single opening we've done. Wow, now I'm offended and don't feel inspired. Actually, a couple of those were pretty great, uh, to be honest. Like that one that was like funny and we laughed and it was so great. Oh. I, I think about it from time to time, but I can't remember what that one was about. And dolphin milk. You were laughing at that one. That one caught you off guard. It really did. I hate when you catch me off guard. That's one of my favorite things. I, but I feel like a lot of people don't know like what goes into this. I feel like when people come on as guests and it's their first time on a podcast or just on our podcast and they've heard it before, they're, they're not expecting like most of what we do is just ad-libbed. Yeah, and it's kind of strange because there's so much that goes into podcasting, like little things. Like uh, when we had Mason on the last mm-hmm. time, or Fishstick, as he's more commonly known. Uh, his Christian name. Is that his Christian name? <laughs> yep, yeah, that's what's on his birth certificate. Uh, so it's like there's so much behind the podcast that people don't think about logistics because it, it, it's a whole art in itself. And we're not saying like we're amazing. We're, mm-hmm. we're pro- I'm like, saying that. Okay. We are amazing. We're better than average, but you know, it's it's. So there's something about saying we're better than average that's worse than saying we're amazing. But they're not mutually exclusive, right? If you're better than average, you are not amazing, right? Not necessarily. I mean, does it strike? Does it strike? You know what, Nate? We need to talk. <laughs> Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going today, Pepin? Yo, yo, doing well. I have energy today. Yep, because, uh, you know, we don't have branded drinks here. No, because of your non-branded strawberry watermelon drink. It's C4. It's explosive. Okay, well, I hope we're getting paid for that, Ed. And so, I feel like that was a solid, that was a solid six-minute opening. <laughs> It was very solid, and so much content in there that you can't even listen to the rest of the episode. You're just filled up and have to take a break. Now, what happens when you are? I wanna, I wanna go behind the scenes a little bit. I wanna, but I wanna start backwards because I wanna start talking about editing first. Because like, we talk a lot, and mm-hmm. I say a lot of real bad things that you take out because I'm not good on the talking. And then sometimes we're coughing and that has to come out. So like, what's the, what's the editing? Like how much actual editing goes into an episode of we need to talk? So the editing has gotten less and less, the better we have gotten when we have guests who aren't so, I'm not going to say they're not great because this, this is the thing you can have a guest on who is an amazing guest. It can provide great, funny moments, content and everything. But if they are, having bad mic technique if they're stumbling a lot or if they're interrupting someone a lot it creates more work in editing and of course you can not edit those things away but then the final product is not as good so our ideal and this has gotten a lot better like the first couple episodes we had we were always just kind of mumbling and uh 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 and mm-hmm. nothing really kind of coalesced into something that coherent mm-hmm. nowadays we actually can leave most everything in the way it is we have good tech mech technique uh ironically we didn't have that creative mech technique when we were at fistrick you know all three of us being like <laughs> you know semi-professional fistrick professional fistrick's like super professional us you know semi-professional uh we just got way too into conversation oh, we've been doing this for what three years yeah 
Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, when, have we hit our 10,000 hours yet? Uh, let's hope so. So, the, the editing is not that hard, but the goal is to make it not hard by just producing good quality content. Mm-hmm. And p- part of that is allowing people to talk. So, when people interrupt each other a lot, it creates lots of like stops and starts and mm-hmm. stops and starts. And those aren't fun to listen to from a viewer's perspective. And there's an idea I had. And uh, I think I wrote an article for Podcast NH about this. Okay. Or Podcast USA, where you want to pass the mic over to somebody. You, yes, absolutely. It is on podcastusa.org under the podcaster resources section. Highly recommended. Nate's actually written a few articles over there. Go check them out. Check out his website while you're at it. It's at the bottom of anyone of the articles that you've written. Um, you also did a review of these headphones recently. Oh, yep, yep. And that was actually a really, really thorough review. You gave some good points. You gave some bad points. You gave you whether you mm-hmm. would recommend it or not. So yep. I highly suggest checking that out. Uh, we are streaming live to Facebook right now. I just want to throw that out there. Travis Ashley, meter for the win. You know what? I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think that's a really good sentiment. Uh, really important. So, you, so you're saying that the editing doesn't start when you're in studio one after the recording is done, the editing starts live. We're doing yep. the editing right now in part. Mm, yep. Yep. And also the editing is not only like in, in the moment, right? But it's kind of like intro moments. So for instance, let's say I am starting to talk about something and then kind of go like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I could keep continuing the sentence because I and blah, 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 blah. And then he said this, like mm-hmm. I get back to my groove. But that doesn't really work in a podcast because how am I supposed to like fix that? Like I have this unusable part of audio and I'm combining it with a usable part of audio. I can't amalgamate those two. So what we say and what we recommend our podcast guests to do is if they start a sentence and it just sucks, like which mm-hmm. happens, it happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. So if you so, and then the, 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 the stop, take like one second and then just start again, mm-hmm. right from scratch. And we'll act like nothing happened. Yeah, we don't give a fuck because it sounds better in the po- you know, in the post-production. Because I do it almost all the time. Yeah. Uh, one thing, yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> one thing about Steve that's kind of nice is... Oh, I'm getting compliments. So, so I don't know if you do this on purpose, but mm-hmm. sometimes when you're trying to formulate a thought, you'll have like a little bit of mumbling at first. So oh. you're like, and then uh, let's see. Uh, and then I said this. Like you have this like little <laughs> preamble... But then you actually go into what you're saying, but you always have a pause between those two. Well, that's beautiful. So you're saying I'm like the Declaration of Independence. Uh, yes, yes. You make your your coherent parts independent from the other parts. We the people, in order to sort, serve a more perfect union. Yeah, yeah. Better, better audio. Uh, and <laughs> y- 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 you know. <laughs> And it's not that like these little like phrases like mumbling and stuff like that is bad because. Oftentimes going like, uh, I don't know about that. Is that really the case? Like someone might think to cut that out. No, no, no. That's in content. Yeah, that's content because it's me thinking mm-hmm. or, um, geez, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like the, um, geez. Well, that's too hot. That's the problem with that one. There's a problem with that one? Yeah. How? It was just, it was too sexy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Guys, it's early. So, okay. So... It's, it's not just about, you know, editing out things. It's about knowing what to edit out and what not to edit out. And maybe earlier on in what we in this show, in the earlier, say, the first 50 episodes, 
that was harder to discern. Maybe you would have cut more, but now you're seeing the value in some of the things that a lot of people cut out. Yep. Yep. I think it also depends on the, like what your show is about too, though. Cause like if you're doing a, um, you know, like a, a documentary style, like, uh, what was the one that, um, was in New Hampshire, Bear Brook there, he wouldn't want to have any of that unless he's doing an interview. And that's cool because like within the same show, when he's doing like narration, you don't want ums and stuff like that in that. You don't want thinking mm-hmm. in that. But during an interview, you definitely want that because that somebody saying um in an interview could mean a ton when you're trying to figure out, like, what are they saying? What do they mean? Yep. Um, Malcolm Gladwell has a point about this. Of course. I heard. Of course he does. Yeah, well, I find it interesting because what he was saying is, well, he was criticizing Donald Trump Jr. for not doing, like, questions after a uh, book tour. Or stuff like that. Like, you know, they do the speech and then you take questions after. And he was saying that the whole point of, you know, doing a speech like that is to take the questions after because it shows that you actually know what you're talking about. It shows how you handle questions on the fly and that you actually understand the material you're putting out. Mm -hmm. So in that case, if someone asks you a question during a speaking phase, having those ums and ahs, it's fine because it shows... It, it shows a validity to your thoughts. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of conducive to how you actually conceptualize your ideas. And it's condu- it's conducive to the actual, like, communication of those ideas. You know, how you're thinking about it and everything. But if you're trying to just get across information, just pure information, you know, those ums and ahs aren't really, you know, that interesting or that real conducive. If you have mm-hmm. a science documentary and you're trying to talk about black holes, you don't really want the scientists thinking, uh, yeah, that's a great question. Hmm. Yeah, black holes are... Like- well, I mean, in an interview, yeah, for sure. But the narrator, no. No, no, not the narrator. Well, I, I feel like there's... There, it's okay. I, I feel like we don't... Make, we haven't made it okay in our society to say... To not sound like you're 100% confident and to not be able to say, I don't know. And I don't think that's okay. I think you need to be able to tell tell people, I don't know the answer to that question, even if you're the expert. Mm-hmm. And to me, that gives you more validity. If you're like, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find out. I'm going to do my research. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you slightly in the context mm-hmm. of a documentary. Okay, well. Because in a documentary, you have like little snippets here, mm-hmm. right? So if you have snippets where someone is continually trying to find their place in mm-hmm. their in their, in their thoughts... That kind of shows, like, it, it gets the impression they don't know what they're talking about as much, whereas the statement of fact might be very true. If it's a long-form interview, you can kind of get the person's thinking in general. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's long-form, so you can understand they're thinking about this and everything. So, so, so I think that's the differentiator there. Between. So even, even when you're talking about something consistent, like an interview, yeah. it's not always black and white of, well, it's an interview, so you can leave that in. Because if you're just doing sound bites, if you're doing smaller clips... Yeah to interject and support something that's stated by the narrator, uh, by an expert, then at that point you wouldn't want any of those ums and ahs. Right, right. And it, that's that's really valuable both in our industry and in what you do. I think that was that's extremely valuable. That's something I wouldn't even – clearly I wouldn't think of it that much. I, I do my best to, to understand the concept, but I appreciate that insight because that's something I wouldn't have, wouldn't have even considered. Yeah, and you can see this in a lot of editing techniques that they use with news. Mm-hmm. So they will do like a long-form interview usually with guests. And then if they want to make a guest look good, they will take out that preamble or to take out the thought. And they will just cut to the, the point, right? Mm-hmm. So the point is strong. And the point's always going to be strong if it's a good speaker or good presenter. 
But if they want to make someone looks worse, then they ask the question and then they put the preamble in there and they kind of, they don't extend it, but they put the preamble there in those like sound bites. And the sound bites kind of make it seem like this person took a second to think about it. They're hesitant and that they aren't as confident. They mm-hmm. can run up against people who where they edit it in a way to make them look more confident. And th- that's where it, it doesn't work as well with the sound bites. Mm-hmm. Like the different editing styles have an effect on how that person comes across. Again, it's this long-form content. It doesn't matter as much because you actually kind of want that because you want to know how this person thinks. I see. So it's not only that it doesn't matter as much, but that it actually adds value. Yeah, yeah. And that's huge. So how long does it take to produce an episode of We Need to Talk? Let's say, because what? We we usually run between 30 and 45 minutes right now. Yep. I think we used to run closer to an hour. Yep, yep. But then we got lazy. Well, it's more like our schedules are really hard to get to mm-hmm. intermix. And so, sure. so what we record, record like once or twice a month. Yeah, but we sit down for like three hours yep. and each we, time. We batch the episodes. We just go straight. We've done like five hour recordings before. That's unreal. Yeah. And uh, we, we did that with uh, one guest and they got really burnt out. Yeah. I mean, I get burned out after two. So I can't imagine bringing on a guest who's not used to that. And so the process from there is we record it first, mm-hmm. and then we tr- always try to do like a short episode. Uh, we'll say fifteen minutes, and then that goes on for an hour. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- that's, that's true. That's always the process. That's always. It doesn't matter how little there is to talk about that episode. We could talk about like butterfly wings and hour long episode. Yeah, I have a lot to say about butterfly wings. Do you? Yeah, they always look like they have eyes on them, and that's like a predator prey related thing prevents them from getting eaten. Huh. Mm-hmm. And the flap of a butterfly's wing could make you not be born. Oh, butterfly effect. <laughs> Butterflies in the sky. I can go twice as high. Is it a reference? Take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. <gasps> <laughs> so, uh, so let's talk about equipment a little bit. A lot of people get really interested in equipment. Talk to me about, about what you have going on here. Because you have a lot of fancy equipment. Mm-hmm. And you know how to run it all, which is insanely impressive to me. I have at my house one uh, one interface with one mic plugged into it and headphones coming out of my computer. So when you're talking about equipment, are you talking about recommendations for other people or just about how I'm running it? Let's say if they wanted to get the exact same sound quality that we currently have, like what is the equipment we're using? These aren't the same mics, so clearly yep. using the exact same mic isn't mandatory. Right. That mic is way more expensive than this one. This one's fairly cheap. These headphones, super affordable. These headphones are underpriced. No question. These guys are not paying us at all to say any of this. There is a a sponsor. We'll drop in the sponsor. Maybe it'll end up happening right now. That was just for you to be able to edit it in. But these headphones are really, really impressive. And I I personally recommend them. and, And Nate does an entire review of them on the site. Yep, yep. So, okay, I'm going to try to start at the beginning. Okay, that's a good place to start. All right, so the first thing you kind of want for decent audio quality is a audio interface and a computer. So the computer can be a laptop. It can be a desktop computer. It just has to be like a reasonably decent computer. It can't be like a piece of shit. If it's a piece of shit, uh, try it. Good luck. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, $500 computer should work well. Uh, if it's more than, like, uh, 10 years old, good luck. Uh, it might work just fine, but uh, I-, I can't guarantee anything. 
so you can get an audio interface and most audio interfaces nowadays are good enough so that they will have good sound quality no matter what. Uh, it used to be the case that there was a big difference between the cheap ones and the more expensive ones. Nowadays, unless you go for like a like a twenty dollar one, you know you're gonna get decent quality. Uh, Tascam is a good brand, and also Personas, uh, Behringer has some good audio interfaces. Uh, they actually have one that's a thirty dollar one that I've been using, and it's a more simple one. It only has like two inputs, and one input is mm-hmm. only a quarter inch, and the there's like a quarter inch and a mic input. But it's still actually a very good sound quality, and it's at, it's more like a utility interface for myself. Uh, the main interface I use is called the Tascam US sixteen oh eight, and this one has like eight mic inputs. And it's got like two line inputs. Actually, it's got eight line inputs and six outputs. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's pretty extensive, and essentially this thing can do anything I would need to mm-hmm. it re- can record almost a full band if I if I wanted to and most people don't have to go that extensive into it this is just because it seemed like a good value it's only $300 and it connects up to computer via USB and you can connect say uh, dynamic microphones which are generally what we recommend more for beginners because they're a bit easier to uh, get the sound quality reduced if you have decent sound panels up like we do the condenser ones or you know good mic technique these condenser ones sound a bit better and they're you know pretty easy to set up but you know it doesn't really matter what you get set up with just buy like a decent mic interface so what exactly is an audio interface so an audio interface is essentially a device that takes the signals from the microphone so the microphone works by has a plate and the plate will receive the vibrations from the sound and it goes back and forth and this creates like an analog signal so just think of like a wave and so that wave gets transmitted to the audio interface and that audio interface will translate those waves into a digital ones and zeros and what's important for that is that these ones and zeros like that conversion from the wave of the analog into the digital ones and zeros like that's a fine it's a hard thing to do it's a hard thing to do because a lot of times like especially back in the day like that conversion from the analog into the digital would suck like the algorithm wouldn't be very good the technology wouldn't be very good and you'd have like kind of shit sounding mm-hmm. conversions uh the, actually when you have a normal mic so most mics you just plug into your computer you know Mm -hmm. like the headset ones it's the same sort of thing so you have a you know analog interface and then plugs into the mic input and the mic input will convert that into a digital signal and a lot of times it doesn't sound as good because those those uh digital audio conversions aren't that great they're getting better and better so a lot of like pcs now can actually do a good job with that but the big difference is level of control. So if you're doing just a one-person podcast, it might just be best to get like a, a Yeti mic or something where you can just plug into USB or plug it into your your uh, just computer, and that would work just fine. But for more extensive stuff, it's hard to control multiple microphones at the same time. So a digital audio workstation has, like this one has eight different mic inputs. So you can have eight different ones, control all the gain levels. So you can make this one louder, that one softer. If we have a third person here, we can have that one softer. You can have monitoring. So right now we can hear what's happening in the headphones. And this gives us an idea of how loud, how soft we need to speak. And we also can 
record the sound easily and have it at the super high quality as opposed to just using the computer interface, which it might work if you have a single one, but the quality level and also what you can interface with that, say mic quality, is going to be limited. So it's a way to convert, it's a way to plug the microphone into your computer. Yeah. And, and multiple microphones at once in our case, yeah. or up to eight on, on yours. Yeah. So these all use XLR cables. Yeah. That's what these little cables here are for those watching the stream. And um, they all plug in there, and then that plugs into the computer, and it records yeah. uh, straight from there. So, okay, so that's pretty awesome. And you have a Tascam. It looks like you really like Tascam. I know that you had given me your old Tascam when you bought this new one. You also have a PreSonus yep. and a Behringer. So you're testing out a few different brands and seeing what works, but it sounds like you like all three. Yeah. And like I said, like obviously there are some differences between different interfaces, but nowadays it doesn't matter too much so long as you just get something which is not like a cheap piece of shit off eBay. Fair enough. And then you use Studio One Three, yeah, the third iteration of the pro of the program called Studio One. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most people use Audacity. Yeah, that's actually like an industry standard at this point because it's free. Yeah. Um, and I remember Audacity back when we were in high school. We would oh, use yeah. Audacity to record stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's that's just a solid program. Mm-hmm. So would you do you think that people need to go out and buy a buy a recording recording software to to make high quality sounds? Would we if we didn't have Studio One Three, would Audacity be good enough for producing the content we produce? I would say it would be good enough, but there are free alternatives out to Audacity. So Studio One has Studio One Prime, which is free, and it's limited functionality, but for audio, like editing basic audio, the interface and the capabilities are much easier to deal with than Audacity. So I don't honestly recommend that over Audacity. I mean, Audacity is just fine. It's mm. good. Uh, there might be some additional steps you might have to do because I don't think that comes with like an MP3 export. But technically, Audacity doesn't come with an MP3 export. You have to like sideload that in. Mm-hmm. So Audacity is not bad. Definitely use it if you love it. But you know, there's nothing special about Audacity. It's just one of the easier free ones. And mm-hmm. I think Studio One is trying to get in there with the free. And also, they're hoping that you like Studio One. You want the additional features, and you know, you upgrade to that. Which Studio One is very cheap as well. I, I think if you start getting annoyed with Audacity and you have $50 lying around just, just by Studio One or some other DAW, I think Studio One is probably the easier one to use out of the whole bunch. I got even better for you. There's a link on podcastusa.org, Podcaster Resources. I have a an interface on there, and that interface is pretty cheap, mm. and it comes with Studio One. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you get, like, a couple of licenses, too. You don't just get the one you may actually get two or three, and then you could sell them, give a couple out to other people. Um, you could use one to hold a contest. There's yep. uh, a lot of opportunity there. So that, I mean, if you're looking at getting something a little bit better than Audacity, Studio One Three is not super expensive, and it's a good it's a good program. Yep. And the thing about digital audio workstations, which essentially is just where you edit your audio is you're going to be spending a lot of time editing your audio if you're doing a podcast or any sort of like multimedia sort of thing. And so having just something which is easy to use and quick and 
not cumbersome because mm-hmm. when I used to use Audacity, it was a little bit cumbersome in certain things. It's hard to figure out what's happening in it. With you know a digital auto workstation like Personas Studio One, it's easy to figure out what you're doing and easy to do. It's much easier to do things than reversings. I think the reversing things is also another big factor. But you can make anything work if you want. I mean, Audacity is just fine if you want to just use Audacity because uh, it's super free and easy. You know, definitely just use Audacity. Uh, the other thing with Studio One, which is nice, and I think Prime also comes with this, is there's lots of built-in effects, which is built-in effects with Audacity, but the there's a bit more of a learning curve with Audacity, and it's a bit hard to do because mm-hmm. it's like it's not like a plugin where you. It's the last I used. I haven't used Audacity in a couple of years, but with Audacity, usually what you do is you apply like a, an effect to it, and then it applies it just there, and you can't like remove the effect mm-hmm. without just kind of going back. Like it's kind of like you take a picture and you pixelate it, and you can't unpixelate it after the fact. Whereas with uh, say most digital auto workstations like. Persona Studio One or Cubase or whatever you want to use, you can like apply a plugin and then you can take it off. You can change it. You can make lots of adjustments to it without you know pixelating it and not being able to unpixelate it. Right on. So let's talk microphones real quick. So we're using two completely different microphones. Yours looks like the MXL 990, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very nice microphone. What does that run? Uh, about a hundred dollars. Actually, I think it's cheaper now, like eighty. Wow. It's, it's actually pretty cheap. Well, we may be buying another one of those because <laughs> yeah. I really like that one. That makes the bass sound very good Yep. Uh, in anybody's voice. Yep. Um, and then this one, this must be uh, um, New Ear. Nope. No? Nope. That's the uh, Audio-Technica A2020, right? Oh, okay. Uh, actually, i got to check this now. Yep. AT2020. Okay. And both of these are, are very good mics. Uh, I know we do have some New Ears. That's what I use at my house. Yeah. Um, and those are great as well. And those are wicked cheap. Yeah. Yeah. The New Ears, they have a bit of a tinny feel. But honestly, they're like one of the best values you can get, especially if you're starting. Because this, they come with these mic stands right here. So these like little uh, things right here. Mm-hmm. And scissor arm. Scissor arms. It comes with this, like the uh, shock mount. And then the mic, and then I think that comes with the, the pop filters, which mm-hmm. uh, definitely get a pop filter if you're first starting out for certain, because the biggest issue with a lot of podcasts is they don't have pop filters. And if, okay, let, let me just do this, uh, shield your ears. So without a pop filter, this is what happens. Without a pop filter, it's, see, that's, a, okay, I'm going to have to edit that down because it's going to sound so bad, but. Okay, yeah, but your voice sounds great. It sounded like super bassy and nice. Yeah, yeah, but without the pop filter, mm-hmm. it, it pops. It, it pops, and then what happens is if you don't do proper editing for the audio, you might have like super low, and then all of a sudden, boom, high. Yeah, that's no good. And then the person has to turn the volume down every time you get to a pop, but then you turn it down, then you have to turn it up, then you have to turn it down, mm-hmm. you have to turn it up, and it's a whole big mess. Yeah. And you, you don't want that, so get a pop filter get a decent stand you can get these arms that kind of attach onto a table which are very nice mm-hmm. and the shock mounts are nice because then like you can move the table around you can, can hit it it doesn't actually affect the audio for the most part and if you have inexperienced guests it's pretty much a guarantee they're gonna bump into stuff yeah or if you have me because yep. i hit the mic all the time and with me and steve we, like let's say we don't have a pop filter 
like we can be fine without a pop filter because we know how to kind of uh, work the mic so mm-hmm. like when you get to the p sounds you kind of like look away to the side uh it's actually that famous video of chase on day who did chocolate rain tay and so he's like i look away you know when i do these certain sounds oh he did it to breathe well yeah but you know he also did it to did he just do the breathing? That's, I mean, that's what he literally wrote in the little text. That he okay, so I, I, I'm retconning this, that's but fine. he did it to avoid the pops. <laughs> to but, avoid the pops when he was making Chocolate Rain. What's the name of the song, Nathan? I know the name of the song, but the way he said that, it didn't sound right. Why? Because it sounds like he's just like having a really nice shit. What? Why do you got to take it like that? I don't know, it's such a really bad shit because it's like, you know, Chocolate Rain. It's like diarrhea. Oh my god, Nathan. Why does it always come down to this with you? Diarrhea? We're, ta- we're talking about Tazon Day. We're talking about microphones, and you're talking about diarrhea. Well, th- that's the way you implied it, though, right? No, it's not at all. I was talking about Chocolate Rain, the hit song from the early YouTube days by Tazon Day, who later went on to do Dr. Pepper commercials. Did he? Yes. Wow. And he was in South Park that one time. Was he? Yes. This is amazing. Man, you're learning so much about Tezonde. Oh man, think yeah, about yeah. all the useless shit I have in my brain. See, see, I saw him on like an episode of like Fine Brothers React, and I'm like, oh, I guess they got like ancient YouTube stars back. Mm-hmm. I like Tezonde. He's cool. He's pretty chill. He's, he's got, got like a really nice voice. He's got a re- I'm super jealous of his voice. Someday my voice will be his. I'm gonna rip out his vocal cords and stick him into mine. Oh, that That's reminds how it works, me. Right? I did. I did see a video of him on Jimmy Kimmel or something. Mm-hmm. And he went out there and sang Chocolate Rain. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like everyone thought he would be, like, a comedy singer. Mm-hmm. And so he sings it. It's, like, the serious song. And everyone's just kind of, like, feeling <laughs> awkward after. So somebody <laughs> didn't do their research. It's like, it's like oh, that, that was depressing. Oh, it's the funny YouTube guy. <laughs> like, black oppression. Well, you think Chocolate Rain is going to be, like, a, like a, oh, hey, this is a weird meme song, right? <laughs> nope. Well, kind of, but also not. Yeah. So let me tell you about Podcorn. They help podcasters find sponsorship opportunities. They are paying for this ad right now that I'm telling you. They're paying us to talk about them to you. Now, they're not paying me to say anything good or bad. They're just paying me regardless. I personally love this service. Uh, I've used AdvertiseCast in the past. In the past, Great service. Podcorn, I have seen the most uh, actually happen from right out the gate. Um, and I know I'm not the only one. There are others on Podcast New Hampshire even that have seen great success using them. Uh, so I highly, highly recommend Podcorn. Uh, it's a marketplace connecting podcasters and amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more with Podcorn. There's no middleman. That's really the best part. You're talking directly. You know, you have... Uh, all of these advertisers up on the site and you're talking directly with them. You're pitching to them why your show, you're setting the prices. It's all extremely, extremely easy to follow. Um, they set the timeline that they want the episodes to be released in. And then if you can fit that timeline and the type of read that they're looking for, uh, then they very well may hire you. Um, you can collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up the rights to any of your podcast. Uh, and Podcorn is there to support every step of the way and to ensure that you're protected, compensated for the work that you do. Listen, you guys are out there making content right now. You're out there making content. Get paid to do it. There's no excuse anymore now that Podcorn exists. Go out there, 
get into the marketplace. Their mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. And even if you want to make $10 for producing an episode, guess what? You're not making $10 right now. Maybe you are. And maybe you can charge more, but maybe you're not. Maybe you just want to get your foot in the door. Maybe you just want to see how it goes. You find a brand on there that matches well. There were 88 new brands on there when I woke up this morning, people looking to buy ads. Head on over, podcorn.com slash podcasters right now. That link will be in the show description. Click the link in the notes, sign up podcorn.com and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Get paid. Podcorn, it's popping off. Who is it? Can I come in? Who is it? Uh, it, it? It's the FBI. Yeah, come on in, FBI. All right. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Whew. Man. So, uh, is there anything else about uh, about the setup, about the recording aspect of things, the editing aspect of things that we haven't touched on that's important for to be mentioned? All right. So. I don't think the mic quality matters as much as it does how you use the mic. Because mm-hmm. we used to work with shit mics, and mm-hmm. it was terrible because we had terrible um, working up the mics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I was a little bit better because I had done some recording myself. But it, it's the working of the mics which matter more. So with the new ears, you can do pretty well. And also, if you edit the audio, just to EQ a little bit, you can get that tinny sound like out of there. And the tinny sound isn't even that bad. Like... I don't think people would listen to that and say this is like, you know, tinny sounding. Uh, the other thing is you want to have good headphones, so like these headphones, and you want to have an interface that allows you to monitor the audio. And in my review of these headphones, it's actually a very easy way to do this. Like actually we're doing it right now. Like I'm actually connected to Steve here, and we just have this split like this. And giving me a result. I'm giving them a reaction. Oh, okay. So it's easy to split the audio and to actually hear what you're saying because right now i can actually hear what i'm saying so this is, i'm monitoring my audio and I'm making sure i'm not too loud not too soft and when i get up and close like this i see i can change the volume Ooh, or sultry when i get kind of further away and start yelling i can kind of control that mm-hmm. but essentially as soon as you think you start peaking or you're not loud enough you kind of fix that by getting closer or getting further away and when we have guests on, you know, we try to, or at least I try to uh, direct them because with certain mics, you need to know whether you need to be like straight ahead or not. You can get more to the side or whether you need to be further back because uh, there's one mic we have or we've used before where it's like, if you start going this far away, like th- this one doesn't sound too bad. This is a little too soft, but there's some ones where you have to be like, right up close to it for it to actually mm-hmm. sound good. Uh, or otherwise, it just picks up the whole room, you know, you know. So having good mic technique and not being too far away, not too close, and just using what you're hearing in the headphones as feedback is really all you need for good audio. Monitoring is very important. I think uh, something that I've seen and I've, I've addressed twice in the past month, and for those who are listening audibly to the, the podcast version, uh, this is, isn't going to be as helpful, but it's super important if you're watching the live stream or uh, now or live or later. Uh, we have here a condenser microphone, and you can see it's standing straight up and down. Um, and I've seen a million people who have their mic turned in a way that they're talking into it like this. 
And then all of a sudden they have really bad quality to what they're saying because instead of it talking into where the recording is, where that plate is that you were talking about that vibrates, they're talking around it. So it's picking up the room noise and the reverb rather than picking up the actual voice. So it can change your entire recording. It can make your audio quality sound go from amateur to professional just by not holding the mic wrong. And most people wouldn't know. Most mics, you know, you have one of these dynamics here. And you're supposed to sing in here. You're supposed to talk into the, you know, right into this part. And that's what you would think here. And I've seen it on Amazon. You know, they have a condenser microphone. Yeah. And that's how they have it set up. They have it set up on the shock mount and and the pop filter showing going over the top. Like they're not helping themselves by people aren't going to get good mic quality because they're not, they don't know how to use it right if you're showing nope. them the wrong way. Nope. And I've seen professional recorders you know, people who who have like the some of the best equipment out there using their mics wrong, and it's so sad to see. I, I mean, in their case, it it sometimes it works just fine for them because mm-hmm. they have the whole studio like you know with soundproof, soundproof, and, yeah. and but they have to increase the gain. But they could get better quality if they just actually use the equipment right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going back to monitoring with that, so the easiest way to get your best quality audio is, you know, plug in your headphones, monitor the audio. And then this is what I do. So I talk into the microphone here, and then I will just kind of start talking in different places in the microphone. Oh, hey, that sounds a little more tinny. That doesn't sound as good. Oh, hey, this sounds kind of like a bassy. It doesn't really sound like it has the clarity. Not here, not here, not here, not here, not here, not, not here. Oh, hey, this is where it sounds best. Mm-hmm. And that's because this one is a you know unidirectional microphone. So it sounds best from one place right here in front of it. There's some microphones that you... You know, I could be actually on either side, this side or that side, and it'll sound just fine. And you'll see people who are like doing duets, kind of singing into the same microphone like that, and it, that that can work. That's romantic. Yeah. It, it, can we get one mic for the both of us, and we both talk into either side? Well, y- yes, but we have to hold hands. Okay, I'm down. We'll make that happen. So there's different microphones that have different things like that. Read the manual, number one. It'll tell you how to use it. But number two, if you're not certain, just use the monitoring and this experiment with the microphone and find out how it sounds best for you and then take that best sound and make it better because if you're doing podcasting your sound is what you're kind of selling mm-hmm. the content's number one what you're selling but if your sound's not good you're you're not going to get money listeners unless you have fucking amazing content even then you know probably yeah. not no that's true you want to put your best foot forward and that's a small change taking 10 minutes to learn your microphone, experiment with your microphone, figure out how it's supposed to be used. And you can always reach out to me on podcastusa.org or podcastnewhampshire.com. Send me an email and say, I would love a tutorial. I can I can Skype with you. I can go there in person. I've, I've done that for a lot of people and they found it beneficial. So I'm happy to do that. Just reach out to me. Uh, and if I ever don't know, I ask Nathan. And one other thing with the uh, microphone and using learning how to use them is also learning how to uh, set the gain. So when we do recordings, we usually have the gain up a bit higher because we're a bit more experienced with what we're doing. But if you are newer to the game, I would set your gain a little bit lower, to be honest. 
And that's because what's going to happen is inevitably you're going to start getting too loud. You're not going to have good mic technique and you are going to start clipping. And if you start clipping, that's fine. And it happens, you know, in our show once or twice, you know, per show. But if you have your gain low enough, the clipping doesn't matter because it doesn't actually clip. It just, it, it hits a peak, but that peak doesn't actually clip and you can just bring that peak down. Mm. And the way most good audio interfaces are nowadays uh, you can actually have very, very low recording volumes and just amplify those up in post-production, and it will sound just fine, like mm-hmm. like nothing's different. There are some exceptions to that, because if there's a lot of room noise or if there is, uh, you're doing it too low, then it's going to start getting into in the way because you'll amplify it up, and then all of a sudden there's just extra noise on top of it. So kind of finding that balance, but also just getting... You don't want to run too hot. You don't want to run too cold. You want to run somewhere, you know, in the middle. But if you are clipping a lot, just lower it a little bit and just raise it in post. I think that that room noise issue is true of both ends. If you put it, if you have your gain too low and you have to amp it in post, then you're going to get that white noise in the background. Yeah. But if you have your gain too high. Even if you have good mic technique, you're going to pick up ambient noise then too. Yeah. So you need to find, like you're saying, you need to find that Goldilocks, that middle spot that is not too low, not too high. I know sometimes I'm recording um, and at my house and there's somebody like outside working on their car. So their car will start periodically. Mm. So I have my gain set in a very ex- like specific spot where I know... It's going to pick up my voice well. I will have to boost it a little in post, but it's going to pick up my voice well, and it's not going to pick up that car idling out just outside my room. Yeah, yeah. And part of that also comes down to good mech technique because ideally the level of gain should have should be one that picks up your voice pretty well, but nothing else, mm-hmm. right? I don't want this mic extending beyond, you know, say like a four-foot range especially. Uh, like Steve's not too far away from here. Ideally, I don't want Steve's mic to pick up my voice, and I don't want you know the vice versa because it just makes the editing very very easy. Yeah. So if if you my mic's picking up your voice, there may be a minor echo. So in post, you're going to have to mute me every time you talk, and then mute you every time I talk. So if our mics aren't picking each other up, you can just let it ride and yeah. only have to make minor edits when you're taking something out or in. Yeah. And for people who don't really understand what Steve just said, imagine you're like having a conversation in like uh, the bathroom with somebody and there's that kind of like the echoey kind of reverb feel. Like it's, it's, not, too, it's not too fun to... Are listen. we at the urinal? Yes. We're at, no, we're actually in a... Are we washing our hands? We're in a hot men's sauna. With, wait, 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 wait. So are the men hot or is the sauna hot? The sauna's hot, but the men are hot too. Oh, okay. So only hot men allowed. Yeah, well, and there's one uh, okay woman in there. We don't know how she got there, but... Okay, I'm listening. Uh, three out of five. Three out of... There's three out of five women. Yes, and there's two out of ten men. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, there that is, math checks out. There used to be a dog there back in the day. His name was John, but he forgot his lunch. So the dog had to go back home to get his lunch, and he just never came back. Yeah. And it's probably for the best. A dog in the hot man sauna. And then he found the cat left the oven on, and it was all over from there. So you're referencing a very inside joke. Do you remember that? I remember <laughs> oh that. Oh, my God. Do you want to tell the story? I mean, uh, you brought up the story. 
We've talked a lot of shop. There's no. Ah, what was the story? Uh, I don't. I think you used that as an excuse to get out of something. Oh, okay. Okay. Did you put that as a, like your aim away message too for a while? Mm, okay. So th- this oh, actually goes. He does remember. The I, story. I do remember the story, but I want to see. Coy. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to tell anything. Oh, it's your okay. show. No, it's your show. It's, it's our show. Oh boy. Okay. So. Back in the day, mm-hmm. I used to go on to Facebook dot, not Facebook. MySpace? No. Facepunch.com. Oh, Facepunch. Yeah. I, I, I didn't still used to plug in. I was going to say Facebook.com slash We Did Talk Show. And yes, we can find us in all the new episodes in this live stream. If you have been. Ran out of breath. So, but I went to this forum called Facepunch, which is like a video game forum for a, a mod for Half Life 2 called Gary's Mod. And it, it was just more than that. But this guy told a story about how, uh, he, I don't know, what, what, what was it? He was going to have, like, sex with some girl, and then something had happened, and he needed a way to get out of it. So he said, oh, sorry, my uh, cat left the oven on, and he just kind of, like, ran. So it became, like, a meme. <laughs> it became a meme, so I just started using that for, like, uh, my excuse just to get out of things. And it was effective. Yep. <laughs> Why was your cat leaving the oven on, though? What was he cooking? I don't know. I don't know. That was Bussin's? Buttons was cooking something in the oven, but he's forgetful. Okay, this goes to like another subject. Okay. So, uh, we might do a part two of this tech talk because I think there is we covered all the technical sides mm-hmm. also, but I, th- I think it's more we could cover. But uh, yeah, we uh, haven't talked about topics. We haven't talked about guests. We haven't talked about a lot of things. Yeah. So, so I have a girlfriend. Oh boy, bragging again. Yep, and. It's like this is thing with my family right now where they're trying to like get me to marry her and okay. get me to have like kids with her. Yeah. Which I guess was what family do family does, right? Okay. Sure. And so I don't know if this is appropriate, but I, like okay, so we had the like Thanksgiving the other mm-hmm. week and uh I went over to see my dad and uh he's like, So, you and Laura working working on kid mm-hmm. and I just kinda like walked out the door. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, wait, had you just gotten there and you immediately turned on, well, we, spun on your heels, we, walked out? We had been there for a little bit, but he said that, and I just, like, went outside and just walked out the door. Uh, it wasn't, like, a mean thing, but I was just kind of like, nope, not having this conversation. Nope, and out of this conversation. And I did the same to my mom, and I did the same to a couple other people. Like, like it's, 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 it's not like, it, is that rude? Why not, why not answer the question? Because I don't want to answer the question. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that would make the problem go away pretty quick. I'm just like, nope, let's, let's get out of this situation. Well, I guess that's fair. That's a fair response. But, uh, yeah. So, Nate, <laughs> you and Laura trying for a baby? Uh-oh. No one's going to tune in to just the meter show, so. Wow. He is committed to this bit. So, let me tell you about Podcorn. Podcorn. 